0: Hey guys welcome to the show i'm your host mike and i have a, a bit another guest with me if you want to introduce yourself uh what's up my name's will um
1: looking forward to talking about some movies a movie
0: yeah and you're uh you're well you you're another guest that i've had uh one of my good friends from school and because i had shell on the podcast as well and we talked about uh, isle of dogs and a quiet place and if anyone wants to go check those out go check it out but yeah I, I brought shell on because our, like and I think our friendship is very similar to mine and shells because you know we, we started bonding I mean through swim but also because of the films we we loved and we just started talking about movies and then you know I was that quiet kid and then once it came out that I was a big movie guy and you were a big movie guy I started talking more but yeah I'm, I'm uh, I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while just because the, I mean, it's been known at parties that we would stand in the corner and just talk movies for like an hour while everyone's getting
1: fucked up. Yeah, dude. I feel like it's a, it's been a long time coming. We've definitely talked about it quite a bit. Um, I've wanted to do a podcast for quite a bit, so I'm actually pretty looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, me too. So the first movie that I thought would be appropriate for us to talk about was the new Lars von Trier film. Uh, the House That Jack Built. So tell the viewers and, and listeners a little bit about yourself. type of movies that you like or just anything along those lines. So get Have them have a feel about who you are as a movie buff.
1: Definitely. Um, I mean, for me, I've always loved movies. I feel like it's a good way to just break from the monotony of life. I feel like that brings a lot of people to movies anyway. But, um, I, I mean, my favorite if i had to pick probably one movie my favorite movie is probably *Inglorious bastards um mm-hmm. i think that's probably the best work to date that uh we've gotten from uh from our man um
0: the myth and the legend tarantino yeah
1: and uh yeah i i don't know i i, I like movies that maybe necessarily aren't as in your face where they've got some nuance and i think um a lot of the reason that i like movies like Bastards or pulp fiction or stuff like that. Like, the reason that Tarantino, I guess, is my favorite uh, director is it's a lot of the little things that uh, I like movies where it's more conversa- conversational, a lot more mm-hmm. expositional versus just like, you know, if you go see a Michael Bay film, I love Michael Bay, but like, sh- stuff's going to blow up. Yeah. And you're going to know that that's what's going on. And I-, I like those little nuances in films. And I think that's kind of what has brought me to liking more you know, maybe movies that are have a little more nuance to them versus the big explosions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But um I mean that was one of the reasons why I was excited to see this movie was you know, I thought there was gonna be a lot of meat to the to the little bits of it.
0: Yeah. And that's I was gonna that was gonna lead into uh, what I was originally going to ask was, what's your relationship with Von Trier? Because he seems to be a guy that I feel like film buffs know. They've either heard of him, or they've seen his films, or they're fans of him, or they at least they know who he is, and they have their opinions of him. But I was curious, because I didn't know what your opinion of Von Trier was going into this, because I certainly had mine.
1: So, I, I don't know. It's it, He's a tough guy to peg down, because I think, and you know, we'll get into it with this movie, but I think... I see flashes of brilliance in a lot of his work where you can grab on to bits of stuff and be like, wow, that was a great, you know, like, th- this could be a great thing if you fleshed this idea out or if you focused on this. But, I mean, the last movie I saw by him was Antichrist, which was jarring. Yeah, that's was, a movie. That, that was a hell of a movie. And I can't say that I, I – I can't say I've seen any of his movies and, you know, liked them per se. I don't think – I, although I also think that that's part of his intent is for people not to like his work. Yeah, I think it's in that's in his like what he perceives as his brilliance is that a lot of people don't like him.
0: And and I think it's important to note that we are, I guess, the casual like von Trier moviegoers. Like I haven't seen all of his films. I've, and, I, I mean, that's why I think Brian would have been awesome to see here, but he's studying for his exams, so he couldn't make it out today. Uh, to see this film with us, so we're, like, pretty casual, so I'm hoping Brian can see it soon that we can have a more... to get a Von Trier's fan, because I don't think I particularly like his movies, but I can appreciate them for what they are. I I mean, I do really think Dance in the Dark is a fantastic film. Like, I legitimately really do like that film. Uh, Dogville, I can appreciate. I think it's a little long, but I can appreciate that. Like, I think if I were to say I like... A few of his films. That the ones that I've seen would be uh Dance in the Dark and Dogville. Uh, I'm sure I would like Melancholia, but it's I know it's so damn depressing, but I'm sure I would like that one too. But I did not like Nymphomaniac either volume. I didn't like them. I Antichrist is hit or miss for me. And yeah, and then we'll get to the house that Jack built. So now trying to figure out how we should talk about this well because okay let's go into what were your expectations going into this like have you did you see the trailer before we had gone into this
1: so i watched the trailer um a little bit before we went and i i I didn't know what to think of it i mean you know obviously you see i see matt Dillon's face and i see a lot of blood and i just assume i mean from you know what i've seen his work he plays a good kind of maybe not deranged, but a somewhat unhinged character. And I thought that that was going to be a lot of what this brought. And I mean, knowing True the way I do, I assumed there was going to be a lot of gratuitous gore and
0: yeah, exactly. violence for the
1: sake of violence, which I mean, to an extent there was, but it, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. I it, mean,
0: and it's weird because Matt, like you mentioned Matt Dillon and I, it's weird. I, I, don't see him as like a good actor, but he is a he's someone that has lots of charisma. And I always think back to you know I always think back to his earlier roles, not so much his later stuff. I I almost immediately go back to The Outsiders, where he was great in that, and because he had that that persona of Dallas, and
1: uh, Reservoir Dogs. He was great in that. Not Reservoir Dogs. Um, sorry.
0: Uh, I, well, I was going to go with drugstore cowboy.
1: Oh, he's great name.
0: Yeah, like that's a like again, but that's like early Matt Damon. He was in um yeah. something about Mary. Yeah. Which you know. I think he plays a good um using <laughs> Crash.
1: I don't think his charisma or whatever you want to call it can carry him in a lead role. I think he's he's a nuanced person. Or he, he always plays these nuanced characters where you might not necessarily like the character. He's not a likable person, but you can, I guess, see him at that role, and he's very good in those roles, and I think he can't carry himself as a lead man necessarily. I think I don't see him as that, but he... um I don't know. I, I, I like him as an actor. Like you said, I wouldn't yeah. necessarily be like, always oh, one of my favorite actors, because I, I, I've liked him and stuff that he's been in.
0: Yeah, and it's funny. Well, he is the lead man in this, because... It's weird. In the trailer, it's like, oh, starring, you know, Uma Thurman and, um, and like other people, honestly, like I, but, but they're like Uma Thurman's in the first 10 minutes and then she's done. Well, literally the
1: only character in this movie. In
0: yeah. I, and I, and I, Verge.
1: Are, yeah. Like there are other characters and even him, he's not really a character until, you know, he's concrete at the end. Like he, he's just more of an unseen force, I think in the movie yeah. for a lot of it. But he is very much the only character in this movie. And I think a lot of the characters built around him seemed in this movie, like, I mean, purposefully, obviously, when yeah. you listen to the dialogue, but, like, everyone around him is an idiot. And I think it was made to be that way on purpose, but...
0: Yeah, and and, and then, like, for me, going into this film, I was pretty jazzed about when I saw the trailer, because I was very intrigued. I was like, oh... And, and and it's being touted as, oh, this, like, this super violent um just really gratuitous film and i was like wow like von trier's doing a serial killer movie like that's going to be intense mm-hmm. and i and, and and i was like okay so and we'll get into that in a second but and so i was like oh well this is going to be really intense and i remember seeing the trailer when it was released and being really intrigued by the shot in the trailer of the van driving a corpse behind and leaving a blood trail and then the rain washing it away. And and I remember thinking, like, oh, well, how was, like, how did we get into this predicament? And I thought it was going to be, like, uh, not not traditional because Von Trier is not traditional, but I thought it was going to be more like we're going to follow a serial killer from a child because we see glimpses of the child, like, cutting off a duck's foot in the trailer and then moving up. Yeah. And I thought, okay, we're gonna get this like this character study of a uh of a deranged killer, and we and then we so then we see the film and we kind of get that so well i think and this is gonna be a, I think the theme throughout of and it's kind of gonna be starting to tell how we thought about this movie, but I think ultimately and we' were, and we've already discussed this a little bit, but what is this movie about I
1: don't know it's hard to say what it's about because at the end of the day, like I had a hard time following it in general. Um, I think it bounced back and forth between themes from chapter to chapter and stuff was dropped and never picked up. I, I honestly can't tell you. I mean, like it, it was at its core, a movie about a serial killer, but I, I don't know what it's supposed and to be. And that's say. like, that's like <laughs>
0: superficial. And because I think we both agree that this is, and like an autobiography of Von Trier. And, but we're trying, I think the problem is we're trying to figure out like, what's the purpose of this? I, I think we both said it. I think this film is just a fuck you to, and he's thumbing his nose at people like the cans directors and the board of directors and people that doubt him. And, but I think the ultimate question is if this is a fuck you movie, is it a proper fuck you? I would say No,
1: I I mean, I, I don't think so. In my mind, it wouldn't be. But I, I think knowing, or at least the passing knowledge that I have about him, it seems like for him, he rather would like to be... I think he would like to be the villain. And I think that's why he...
0: I think he thinks he is the villain. I mean, because... I mean, he is a pretty, like, horrible person. I mean, I mean, he, he's been riddled with, you know, addictions of drugs and alcohol. But from what I've read, he... Like uh, Bjork, I don't like from Dance in the Dark. I don't think she's acted again because of Von Trier. She hasn't explicitly said that. that he's an asshole, but but she had said like oh a Danish director and she's yeah. been in one film, and I mean she's a she's a musical pop star, but yeah. it's the one the one Danish director and she's been in one film. I wonder who she's referring to yeah. and. And, I mean, then you get his comments of why he got banned from Cannes with his his Nazi sympath- like sympathies or whatever those the context of that was. Like, I'm half Jewish, but my family was in the Gestapo, so I, like, sympathized with Hitler. And you're like, what the fuck? And he's just... That's his humor. It's very weird and twisted and dark, but, like, he doesn't... I don't know. So, and then he got banned. And, and then this is the first film that lifted... Like, it was the first film uh, following the lift of his ban. So... Uh, let's get into the film. So let's start like right in the beginning. So we sat down and and we get this opening of darkness in uh them talking. And it's and it's the end of the movie, essentially. Mm. But let's go by like segment by segment. Because it's broken into I guess six chapters. Yeah. And the film is long. It's two and a half hours. It felt longer. E- oh yeah. And we'll get into that. But let's let's do this by each incident because I feel like the movie starts to devolve as it goes on and on until like the last, until the, until the end, which we'll get to. Mm-hmm. So this first instance or incident, which are five, he says, randomly chosen moments in his life that are pivotal. And so this first one is with Uma Thurman. Now, what would I, this wasn't good, because to me, this has a rocky start to this film. And I didn't like it, because... I mean, it, it cued me onto a few things about the movie. One, I immediately knew that this is an unreliable narrator, and that none of this is actually happening. Yeah. Like, I, I, think, I, I knew that this was, like, a deranged mind, and I don't think anything's going on because of this dialogue between people. Mm-hmm. And immediately... Like, you know, in a Tarantino movie, when people are going back and forth and you're invested, you're like, yo, there's a lot of dialogue and talking, but yeah, but you're like, okay, like I'm listening and paying attention and I'm in like invested. I'm following what they're saying, but a common theme and that's exhibited very well in this first chapter is that the dialogue just goes in endless circles and no one actually talks like this, Yeah, which is what really like dry like you're you're really focusing on what they're saying it's not coming naturally and you're just like what are you talking about so what did you have to think what, what were your thoughts on that first instance with Uma Thurman I, I don't know if it's his first kill I can't really tell I don't think it so like
1: that but at the I, I don't know they make it sound like that was where he snapped like is more what I got from it but anyway like I I think the the conversational part of it, like, like you said, unreliable narrator and stuff like that. But I think, and he did this part of it capture kind of well, I think it was supposed to be a take off of, uh, like, someone who, you know, doesn't know how to act in society. And I think he comments on it later that he tried to learn how to act in society, and he tries to learn, but he's having trouble or whatever. But he it was obvious that like, this is his retelling of events, the way that he sees them. And clearly he sees the way people talk as completely unamusing. And he doesn't pay attention to that. He can tell the details of the things he's done and it shows in detail. Yeah. Every single thing he's doing, but the conversational aspect doesn't matter to him
0: because it's because the conversation, they talk how he monologues, everyone in the film talks like him, mm-hmm. which is like unrealistic. And so, and this is where, like, the filmmaking aspect is, you know, pretty good. I like the details, you know, switching back between him, between Jack, Uma Thurman, and then the Jack, the tire Jack. And it's this building tension of Jack is getting progressively more angry and annoyed. And I think that's what makes him snap. But, like, they're having this, this – it's very on the nose – which is not subtle when they're talking about, oh, you look like a serial killer. I shouldn't have gotten in the car because you're a serial killer. Oh, you're not a serial killer because you have no balls. And then he kills her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What was I, I'm missing the point of, of what's going on. It's just endless circles of you're not going to kill me. And it's so very obviously telegraphed that he's going to kill her. Mm-hmm. And, and so that to me, and, and then we just talked about it in like in less time than the sequence happened. Because the the whole thing is leading up to what I guess we're supposed to believe is his first kill. I don't necessarily believe that, but... So, in the idea that this is an autobiography of Von Trier, I'm trying to figure out, like, what chapter this is. Is it maybe people saying that he's not a director? Like, he's not a good, he's not a competent director, and he just lashes out with these mood swings? I'm trying to figure out, like... Because that, that's... Cause we were having trouble finding the point of this film, and I think the only way that I can try and like piece together this, this incoherent mess of ideas is to try and break it down by chapter and figure out each like, bit. Like, what is this? What is chapter one? Because I don't think any chapter relates to each other. Like no. maybe though, like it would be a visual callback, but like narratively, there's no connecting bits. If they are, they're very thin. I,
1: I would say other than each chapter i mean showing him devolving because he does devolve throughout the film other than that i can't find any coherent it's it's
0: odd because in the first chapter he he kills her out of spite and anger Mm -hmm. and very uncontrolled which is like which makes sense as like you know that's that's what would happen and then as the film goes like the first he he begins he's very ocd and he's and he's very controlling he needs to be in control but then as the film goes on the ocd aspect goes away it's never touched upon again like you mentioned there's lots of things that are brought up and then never brought up ever again and so yeah i mean that's what i took from this first segment was it was he lashed out out of anger and that's like the driving force of mo cuz because even in the end he like he starts lashing out and But he doesn't like make mistakes. Well, he makes mistakes out of anger, but then there's no consequence to these actions.
1: One of the weird things, and I think it kind of like speaks back to like I just didn't. Well, of a part of the reason why I didn't understand it was this whole the whole movie seems to be contained within this universe where he is this you know next level human being, and everyone else is below him and it, i f- found it also ironic that it was set in america where he's never been and doesn't really yeah. i think he captures a lot of things right but that's neither here nor that's nor a here.
0: very good point because he he's uh, he's a danish filmmaker but one of his big phobias is flying yeah i don't and i was like well did obviously didn't film this in america
1: and it's just odd that he's trying like part of it at the end of the day it's is very him good trying point. to comment on american society but it just seems ironic to me for someone who has never been to this country to comment on it. It's a very like outside thousand foot view, yeah, um, stereotypical idea of what America is which,
0: like. Obsessed with violence, obsessed with serial killers, but like very which to an
1: extent is true. No, but,
0: yeah, but that's also it's like you're not getting across anything that people haven't no, already. That's not yeah. That's not a new topic that people have explored.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like filmmakers yeah. have done that before like just film alone people have explored that idea of the obsession with serial killers and violence but he's not he's not so he's not adding anything to that conversation and
1: and it's a very old timey like like uh what's it called like the old pulp magazines like Mm -hmm. it's that kind of incompetence that every other person around here like there doesn't seem to be any well that's what i meant threat as to why people are this dumb like it doesn't there's make things any sense.
0: there's things in the film, so then like that's chapter one and chapter two it goes into like his o c d compulsion, where you know, and this is getting into the mm-hmm. idea that all the women, or not even the women, it's pretty much everyone in the film is naive and stupid mm-hmm. and and they just because you can tell like this guy is that like, you would never like so he goes up to a woman's house randomly. And he's pretending he's a police officer. He's very shady. He does, his story's not straight. It's obviously bullshit. Like, oh, where's your badge? It's at the uh, silversmith because they're cleaning it up and they're adding, you know, new things. And he's like, the story isn't straight. And she lets him in and then he kills her, which was interesting. Like, this whole segment was interesting because, and one of my favorites, because he kills her and then she doesn't die. And he seems to have remorse.
1: For a split second.
0: Yeah, I'm like, oh, there's like some humanity deep down in him. And he's like questioning it, which doesn't it's also I mean, I guess it doesn't matter where the like the chronological order of the events happen. I don't think that's important, but he seems to have some remorse, which is interesting because later in the film and later in the segment, he has to start faking emotions. Like, again, there's ideas of narrative brilliance that could be added to a serial killer like story if he wants to tell that. But it's not, like I, I. It's again. I feel like these are vignettes.
1: I could see it. I think.
0: And it's like they're just self-contained stories. Like I just watched um, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Okay. Yeah. With the Coen Brothers film, and that is vignettes. And I feel like that this is kind of like that.
1: Th- yeah. Except,
0: except it's a con- it's it's one continuous character in each yeah. vignette.
1: This could have been. I really do like a lot of this. You could have taken this movie. And released it as a limited series. Well, on it's funny Netflix you say that. And put it in five, six bits, and it would have been honestly better. It's funny now, like, you say that because
0: this was originally supposed to be a miniseries.
1: I can see it, and, and I honestly think it would have been better as such.
0: I do too, because then you could synthesize it, and and I wish. I think the idea of having this as a like auto like biographical account of his life but told through a serial killer works really well that is an interesting idea especially for the likes of von Trier and and then you could but don't be adding this commentary on america or on on violence and and i don't know i it's like each one has their own Like no one calls for help. There's this obsession with violence, but no one will help you, even if it's like right staring at you right in the face. Or this like this these redemption arcs. Like it's like what is going on? So I think yeah, this would have worked a lot better as a miniseries, because in a film, especially this this dialogue is so tedious and pretentious, and you're like and you're trying to figure out what is being said. But it's just going in circles and circles, and you're trying to keep up, and it's not deep, and it's not. He's trying to be deep, which makes it pretentious, and and it's just not interesting to listen to. Because you're waiting for the payoff, and then there's no payoff.
1: It's like the. And I made this um, comparison when we were talking earlier. I just feel that it was the the introduction version of whatever he was trying to talk about. Like each idea was taken at you know a 500 foot view of it and then just left it like as the second you felt like you were starting to get towards the meat of what the point was or yeah starting to get really into something good it would completely switch tones and go somewhere else and at that point you're like well what the hell it's like happen- we
0: sat there for the we sat there for the build-up and then the payoff was either none or lackluster or it's like no shit Like, we built up to that. Like, for instance, my least favorite part of the film was this, like, 10 minute, um, what was it, like, description of icons. Now, this idea is very, it's not new, but I think it can work. Where Jack is talking about icons, and that's what we remember. And he himself is trying to build himself as an icon with Mr. Sophistication as his self proclaimed name. And,. Very much I felt like I was getting Zodiac killer vibes, like in that they named I'm pretty sure he named himself mm-hmm. and um and so he named himself and he sent it into the post office and to the news and they were, you know, publishing it. And there's this whole idea that he's trying to build these icons of but the ones that we remember are of brutality and you know, awfulness. And then he's and then this is when I think the thumbing the nose at Cannes with you know, it's mostly just like Nazis and Hitler, and but then we get like the um, the dive bombers and how the psychological warfare, and then there's something about a, a concentration camp. I don't remember that because I was rolling my eyes. And then we get into how we depict violence in these icons in art, and it's literally just a clip show of Lars von Trier films. And I'm like, and that to me, I was like, dude, this uh, Like this is so like it's a circle jerk it's a circle jerk led by but but only von but von trier is the only one jerking himself Mm -hmm. off like and no one wants to see this i mean at least i don't i mean i just it's not it's not clever it's not brilliant and he's done this in other films where he's he thinks he's the greatest filmmaker ever like ever made he he makes videos i remember like the um he was sitting next to Uma Thurman and Matt Dillon about this. And he's like, Oh, I have people always come to me to, because they want to work with me and they know I'm a genius. And like, he's not wrong. Like he is, uh, he is an amazing auteur that makes intre- I mean, interesting films. And that interesting has a lot of different connotations, but, and he's not wrong, but he, he has a self-proclaimed uh, ge- like I'm a genius. And that's, really evident in this film and it's what makes the film suffer. I was actually watching reviews that people were saying that this film is could be brilliant except his ego gets in the way. I don't think this film is brilliant or in any sense of the word. I think because it's bogged down with too many just lackluster ideas and it's, there's no connecting threads.
1: I think at the end of the day the problem is just I don't know like it's It was an amalgamation of a lot of shit that's already been said. And it's an amalgamation of a lot of things that have already been done. And at the end of the day, it's just... I don't know. It's hard to just take that glancing blow at a bunch of different ideas and say, like, oh, you know, nailed it. Yeah. That was my take on it.
0: And he doesn't, like, push the envelope for really anything. So, like, for the violence, for instance... This was being touted as like, I mean, it is sadistic and it is brutal, but Mm -hmm. not in the way that I thought it was going to be. I'm very interested to see what the unrated version of this film would be. Uh, I'm honestly surprised it wasn't X, but I think in America, most X-rated films are because of sex. The only X-rated film I've seen is Shame by Steve McQueen about Michael Fassbender as a a sex addict. And that's like heavy, you know, sexual themes. And, but I was like, I I think it's mostly in Europe that it's violence, but, so I was very surprised that this wasn't an X rated film, but, uh, IFC had a release of the unrated for one night only across the United States. And I think the MPA is suing them. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I don't really care how it's going to go. But, um, so I went in being like, okay, I'm, I'm expecting like brutality, And I mean, it's there, but there's only one image that really got to me, and I think it was the same image in both of us. Absolutely. And yeah. it was, and it was of a child being disfigured, and and it was just jarring. It was, mm-hmm. a ve- and it was just like, oh man, it didn't look real, and it was, and just the idea of it, like that was chilling. I think in my notes I said it's nightmare inducing because oh, it's just like and because you, you're taking something so innocent and it's all uh, one we've already watched him be killed and now he's mutilating the body even further into this into this uh like really hellish looking because he's got this grin frozen on his face and it's just it's scary it's legitimately frightening but that was the only scene that I think would like is really there's two things that i think are going to stick with me in this movie it's that visual and the house that jack eventually builds of corpses which i can't believe i didn't see that coming but and we'll talk about because the ending of the film i think is the saving grace of the movie to a point not that it's like it redeems the film but i think and we'll we'll get to that but what about the other instances or the um the uh, incidences in the film that you have to comment? Any comments?
1: I don't know. I I, I mean, I would say, let's see, one, three, and five were...
0: Like forgettable? Forgettable.
1: I think that the real meat and the best parts of the story or the best parts of what was, you know, whatever you want to call it, were uh, incidences two and four. Two, I really liked the... Um, that's where the real, like the OCD part aspect got into it and i think they honestly it was he did a very good job and it was a very good commentary on bits of mental illness and what i took from it was i guess i mean they call him he just is like oh i'm a serial killer like 30 times in the entire movie but um i I liked that or what i took from it was that it was depicting like you know we see mental illness as You know something that only crazy people have, and they you know call him a psychopath, and it's like, oh, I have OCD. Like I I just think it was a good, like,
0: well, it's funny because he doesn't because I think most people with like mental like in mental illness in film, filmmakers like to to, depict people like they kill because of the mental illness. Yeah, and that. And this is just like he just he's a killer who has a compuls who is like a compulsion to clean, Mm -hmm. and it's on. It's funny because. I like I'm not I always joke around that I have OCD but like I le- I legitimately think I have some form of it because uh my thing is faucets like my biggest fear is overfilling like um like the uh sink and then it fucks everything up that's my biggest fear and then uh stoves I always think the stove's never off <laughs> and and I and you laugh you but a good house owner one day I know And, and, and I, and I, and like, I joke about that, but it's, it's been crippling sometimes. Like I, I literally like in this film, that depiction, I was like, holy shit. Because in the film, um, he kills the woman and then he cleans the house. And then he keeps thinking back of, I missed something. It's under there. It's under here. Even in like, it's like, oh, there's blood behind the 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 picture frame but and like you know that 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 doesn't make sense and i was like holy shit that's literally what i experienced i i've literally turned around in my car went back inside and checked faucets and the stove
1: but that was it that was the bit that was right there that was the part like he had me there like i didn't the first chapter i was like
0: and i think that that is coming from a personal place of von trier who more than likely has ocd and And I think that that's why that is so successful, like, that scene, because... Well, it's in a self-contained aspect, because you're like, oh, like, that's a very accurate portrayal of people with OCD.
1: It's also, like, it's not necessarily a new thing, but that was, like, it's hard to portray that in a lot of film, and, like, I look back to, like, when I think of mental illness, I think (laughs) of the first movie that I think of is uh, Train Spotting. The whole, the, the withdrawal scene is incredible. But, like, that's... Those are the things that I think of, like, it's hard to get across in a film format, a lot of the time, and obviously, as someone who doesn't suffer with OCD, like obviously, I don't will never know, but in my mind, I can tell I'm, you that was a pretty good depiction of it. And, like, I like, mean, and this is from someone
0: that just has these moments. I've not, I've never been, I want to say, I've never been di- like uh, diagnosed with it, or I don't like I don't take anything, obviously. It's just from someone that has a basic understanding of it and. I've related to that because I've literally felt like I completely empathize with that moment. And I think this is when having the um, vignette or miniseries aspect, because this film is obviously Von Trier trying to, you know, express his doubts, his concerns, his concerns as a filmmaker and his, uh, and as being an artist. And I think that that's new. And like I said earlier, having that being told through a serial killer is very interesting and intriguing. And it would have worked in a mini series because each episode you could have been like, okay, so the first one's about OCD. The next one is about his insecurities as an artist, because we have another thing throughout about um, Jack being an engineer, but he wants to be an architect. As he puts it, an engineer, I think you said an engineer reads music and an architect plays music. And so like that would be an interesting, you know, segment. And then and then just moving on with more of his doubts or like people being um you know saying that i guess I guess the whole Uma Thurman one is supposed to be like critics saying like you're nothing and again, like these instances in in their own isolated uh form, but there's the overarching story of the end works, but it doesn't work in this straight narrative where right. it's bogged down by repetitive dialogue and meaningless it's too narration it's too
1: just disjointed to be like a one-go thing like i definitely i mean it, the chapters are chapters for a reason it could have been episodic and if it was i honestly do think it would have been a lot better if you just did hell if he just did it like five 45 minute things and then a little 15 minute kicker with the with the epilogue at the end it it would have worked. I really do think it would have worked as that, and I would have definitely liked it a lot better. It, granted, yeah. it would have been a lot more gore, but...
0: I think that, yeah, I think the problem is because n- each chapter, each incident doesn't have a self-contained theme because they're all, like, they like they kind of do, but then their, like, segments are kind of crisscrossing mm-hmm. and they're being stitched across. So, mm-hmm. like, if I were to say, so, like I said, Uma Thurman be, like, taking this from the autobiographical standpoint... Uma Thurman is the, is the critics. The second one is um, obviously his own com, like his own personal um, compulsions. The third one with the family is his take on violence in America, violence and gun violence in America. The fourth one is the whole idea of no one's gonna help you even if the evidence is straight in front of you. And then the fifth one I don't know because. You have the whole, like, because before we get in there, from four to five, he says, why are women, like, why are women the victims and men are the the criminals? If you're born a male, you're born guilty. I don't agree with that. I think that's a very superficial way to put that. I don't know why Von Trier is, is it, and it's funny because he says, because then, Uh, Matt Dillon's Jack says that he's like oh well why are men always guilty and Mm -hmm. then he proceeds to kill her I'm like
1: it was a weird take and like a weird play on like misogyny and just I I don't know because it's I don't
0: think it's coming from a place of like it's not coming from Von Trier saying like like from a deranged mind of a serial killer like why are men at fault and then he kills her I don't think at all that's what he was going for uh, I think he was trying to make his statement and then he was like well I set this kill up I gotta kill her and make I have to make a breast uh, pocket or uh, a breast wallet because I set it up and it's shocking so and then that's the, so the fifth one I don't know because it's all over the place because then it switches to him like trying to kill men and he's spiraling and-, and he spirals and then the house is finally like his legacy I guess it's supposed to be his legacy is finally built and that's what the house of corpses represents is is Jack's legacy or von Trier's legacy. So the fifth one, I guess it's like establishing your legacy, but it's, and then it's talking about the Gestapo again. I just don't know what the fifth one is. But then the the epilogue is his, I guess it's supposed to be, I would take it as like the thesis of his film of the struggle it is to be Lars von Trier and he's in his own personal hell being an artist, mm-hmm. which is You know, going to then it's suddenly Dante's Inferno, starring Lars von Trier, written by Lars von Trier,
1: directed by Lars von
0: Trier. And so, I'm trying to think: Is there anything you want to talk? Because the epilogue is its own thing that we will discuss, because it doesn't really favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah, because well, hang on. Are there any more about the incidents that you want to say, or maybe like closing thoughts on those? Other than we felt they were disjointed, and
1: I I would say, (coughs) I liked its of the fourth incident with the uh when he kills that lady um or the I, I i took her to be like a stripper or something that's kind of the character that they played her yeah i um
0: yeah i don't think i think she's just like some some dimbo who's, who's met like, yeah sim, a, simpleton, unquote, like a simpleton a simpleton who yeah. yeah who jack literally calls simple
1: yeah um
0: degrading to women
1: but i mean i i liked the bits of like you know it was like no one gives a shit like we love violence in this country but yet no one gives a shit i did like that little bit of it but again it was just another like glancing blow it's the two
0: hour mark of the movie it's like towards the or no it's at like the hour and a half mark Mm -hmm. and you're like oh my god there's so much shit going on right now like now you're throwing in themes about violence in the united states Mm -hmm. and like or just in general as human beings I'm like oh my god this is too much and we're yeah. only halfway through the film.
1: And, and and I think another thing... Well, another thing that I really want to comment on that I absolutely just did not like at all that he did with it was just... The the in-between chapters bits where he was just going back and forth with... Or he wasn't even really going back and forth. He was just talking. Was <laughs> um when, when they would do these, like... It was like a 10... Every time, 10, 15-minute slide show of him talking about some random part of history that he relates back to why brutality is art and why and again destruction is art and and
0: he's pulling back he did the exact same thing in nymphomaniac and i don't like nymphomaniac and i don't think it worked really i think it worked better there but it it wasn't the greatest thing and he's just repeating he's repeating things from his movies that i don't really like like pulp go back to the roots of like dance in the dark but no, I completely agree with you. Like there's these segments between of just endless talking for the sake of like, like, I'm like, all right, like, honestly, like every time I go to a bath or I go to a movie, I go to the bathroom before cause I don't want to miss anything. I felt like taking a walk during these moments cause my brain started hurting cause I was like, I'm, I'm trying to follow what's going on and it's just meaningless. It's meaningless. like talking and monologuing and narration
1: i think i guess and if you look at those bits as kind of like their own isolated thing i guess maybe the point or maybe part of what he was trying to say in this movie is i don't know trying to isolate like what is art we don't know what art is it doesn't have a scientific meaning like i don't i don't know and i mean and maybe that's just me grasping at trolls and i really don't know and at the end of the day like you said when we first started talking about it like if someone asks me what this movie is about or what this movie was supposed to mean, I'm honestly going to be able to say, like, I can't really yeah. tell you.
0: And that's, and that's not, because there are films that, like Space Odyssey, the end, you're like, what is this movie about? Like, what is the ending? And everyone can have different interpretations.
1: But it's more pointed that way. You're
0: yeah, I know. Like, you're, so, it's supposed to be abstract. And that's a very thin line to walk on. Mm-hmm. And Von Trier does not walk that line very well. He, he, if anything, he doesn't at all and fails, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of those movies and, like, you know, I think of, like, other movies that give those open-ended endings where you're supposed to question the whole movie, like, Inception, like, those types of things, whereas, like, there's a, a, a whole thing. It all comes to a head to this point where you have that pin drop where it's like, oh, so we're supposed to, like, make our own thing about this, but this whole film felt to me like He's trying to tell everyone what, or he thinks he's trying to tell everyone what the grand plan is or what the grand scheme is, but just no one understands. Like, I yeah. think the whole film was meant to feel like that Jack or in the, the, in the mind of Von Trier, like for him to say, like, I am above everyone and I know the meaning, but you guys don't get it. Yeah. Or maybe it's just to get a rise out of people, because I could also see that from him. Yeah, this like, seems like it could be people it, off.
0: And that's a hell of a way to piss people off, but... So let's move on to the final bit, which was not my favorite part, but I did enjoy it because there was very little talking, yeah, and it was mostly just driven by visuals, which is what I think he should have done to begin with, because it's it's very abstract and open, and so... And but it's also disdrowing because suddenly this film about a serial killer pontificating about like intro to philosophy material suddenly this becomes Dante's Inferno. Yeah, and you're more versed in Dante's Inferno, and you were pulling out the illusions better than I was. Like like the whole uh, uh, red hood. I've I could recognize that that symbolized something, but I didn't under I didn't know what, but. So why don't you go through the parallels of Dante's Inferno and the end of the house that Jack built which is I want to say weird because there's never at all allusions to g- Greek mythology or like it's not even parallel it's not even having parallels drawn between classic literature mm-hmm. it just kind of happens at the end
1: Yeah So um and again, I haven't read the Divine Comedy in a long time, but basically a lot of like the the whole epilogue and they kind of set it up throughout the, the thing with Ver, throughout the movie with uh, Virgil and um, Virgil and Jax kind of going back and forth. So at first they don't mention that his name is Virgil. So there was parts where they're talking and you always hear this like, I mean, it's like deafening silence. But then also like the sloshing of water like the yeah. the the gentle like movement of water and the first thing i thought or the first thing that i was expecting was that it was uh and i think you said this too Chiron, the the ferryman yeah. across the river Styx, yeah, and that Styx. was kind of what i thought and then eventually he says virgil and then when i hear virgil i'm like oh the first thing i thought was like oh well this is you know this is the divine comedy um and Again, I haven't read it in a long time, but, you know, Virgil is pretty much the person sent to guide Dante through the underworld and or through through hell. And uh, I don't know, I just like, I don't understand how they're, they're parallel, because the problem with my whole thing with it is obviously in the Divine Comedy, Dante is seen as more of, you know... A sympathetic character he's going into hell to go to rescue someone and bring someone back that he'd lost in his life but this this character was obviously an awful person he's a serial killer yeah like, there's no redeeming qualities of him and for them to have this like weird kind of sad trot through hell with all these strange at one point there was like a it looked like a painting and I don't know what it was of like a bunch of people crossing a river and like it's well, it's
0: so, and there's like a lot of different things going on. There's suddenly slow-mo, which mm-hmm. he utilized in his past films. There's uh, it suddenly became like a handheld going like romp through the, through these caves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was these really vast epic shots of like, like the lone cabin with the wheel turning there was, they were in those orbs, like, falling. They're climbing down, and very re- reminiscent of Antichrist with the it limbs was, climbing yeah. down. And then we get to hell. Well, I mean, and then they're talking about, oh, like, what's that sound? Oh, it's, like, it's, we're too busy trying to find hell. It's, like,
1: the concentrated sound of suffering or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was
0: something very, like, all right, whatever. And then we get to hell, and then Jack says, well, I could climb to heaven. And he's like, "Well, I would not recommend doing that because you're gonna fall." He's like, "Many have tried, and they've no one has succeeded." And he said, "I'll take my chances." And then he tries climbing, and then he falls into hell. And then the movie, and then uh, there's we we forgot to mention there's this this, this theme of negative imagery, and it's the uh, negativity of light or something like that, well, like he, the concentration he, he, he said of light. He was
1: obsessed with photos. And not just photos. He was ex- obsessed more with the negatives. Like yeah. he cared more about the negatives because he said the the irony of a negative is that you see the darkness of light. Yeah. That's like it. the darkest part of a of a negative obviously is is, is, the, light. is the light. Which so,
0: is a very interesting idea, which is kind of explored, but not really. Well,
1: and they do and I do think that was another like it was a good cut, like that part of it when uh so they talk about basically a person walking down the street and, like, the darkest and most concentrated part of a shadow is going to be when you're directly under yeah. that light. And I actually really... I, I like that.
0: I like that analogy. Uh, we, we, we just watched a review who said, I hated that, but I actually kind of liked it. I,
1: I mean, I thought it was interesting. I think the problem is he does too much with all of these things. Like, he continues to just...
0: Reuse. Pile. Well,
1: yeah, he reuses it a lot, too, like, several times throughout the movie, but then he also, like, it's piling on just metaphor on top of metaphor on top of metaphor on top of metaphor. Top of metaphor and you're like, where, dude,
0: you got it done the first time. Yeah, like, we to get the point it.
1: where you just kind of lose the meaning of something when you just beat it to death.
0: Yeah. And so I mean, and that's like our last shot is Jack falls into hell and then it turns into a negative and then the credits roll. Playing um
1: Get hit the road jack.
0: Yeah, hit the road jack. I, and I was like, Okay. It was
1: that and um throughout the entire movie they played uh fame by uh
0: I don't know that yeah. Well, they, they the the point is, Von Trier is just reusing shit throughout the whole film. Yeah. But so, let's focus on this epilogue. It was one of the better parts of the movie because there was only one moment of just monologuing about nothing, and but it was more left to the interpretation because then you you have those like different styles and it's nice because the whole movie they're they're trying to tell you what to think and which isn't clever when people that when you have to tell your audience, because there's like these long pontificating moments and then they would just say it at the very end Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh my God, why did you just fucking say that? And here there's only, like I said, one instance to explain the noise, but for the most part, it's just there, which is nice because then you could just make up an interpretation Mm -hmm. and that you think makes sense instead of having Von Trier tell you this just, like, stupid, or not stupid, it's just, it's not as good as you think it's going to be, because he's not deep. Well, no, he can be, but what he's writing isn't deep, and he thinks it's, like, the most brilliant thing since Shakespeare. But
1: I think that's the arrogant part of it, and I think that's kind of the, or what I'm going to pull from it, at least my opinion of him as a person coming out of it, or him as a filmmaker coming out of it, is that he feels that he is very much this character jack he feels that he is very much this person who has it figured out he has the you know the code he he knows what he's talking about and he feels that he needs to dumb it down to Hmm. give to people and i think perhaps and again i'll say it perhaps this whole thing was maybe he's just a troll maybe this whole thing was him Saying like this is what you this is what you think of me this is what I'm going to give you and and maybe that's me giving him a little too much credit but I can't I can't, like. I can't tell
0: with Von I really can't tell and
1: you can't and I think I mean
0: he's I, either an idiot or he's the greatest he's a genius and I think he's in between. Yeah. <laughs> The, he's an idiotic geni- genius.
1: And I I do think of and I'm, I I think now that we're talking about it, I really do think of, of a vast majority of this film is him trolling people. I really do think it's him trying to show people like
0: I don't want to give him that much credit, but because then that's petty. And I think making there's but
1: has he shown that he's anything else.
0: I mean, he would be petty, but it's just like that's just like because then that goes against. I feel like art and I think Von Trier believes this as well, like, art is not meant to be, like, petty. It's supposed to be art, and it's supposed to be, like, it's supposed to be, like, uh, at least from what I got from this film, art is supposed to be this, you know, expressive personality that other people, like, it doesn't matter if other people like it or not. Hence, mm-hmm. like, the serial killer. Like, people, obviously, no one's going to like a serial killer's work. It's all of, like, an internal value, and, like, everyone else's ideas are, like, don't matter it's an expressive art form and but it's just that's not the central theme it's it's like it's one of the many ideas that is kind of explored but not really so but no i mean the ending definitely did help the movie but it didn't redeem it because then i like you said i was actually intrigued by this ending
1: i thought the ending was just like it it was something it was (laughs) a little more lighthearted, it was uh little well not lighthearted, but a little more I guess light of all of like you said the exposition. There's no fluff.
0: Talking. It was just straight visuals yeah. of what he like it felt like he actually It was very
1: arty. It was like it, it was very like, you know, visual art. Like it was
0: yeah. I felt like he had the ending first and then he like wrote a movie around or the backwards, ending. Backwards. But yep. like it didn't Nothing. It didn't build up to this very well Mm-mm. because the whole time I didn't care about. I cared about Mac Dylan and he and his excellent performance, but I didn't care about Jack. I feel like he was trying to write like the next Tony Soprano, like the next antihero, and he failed because I don't care if Jack got caught or not. At the end of the ta- at the end of the day, I didn't give a shit if Jack fell or made it to heaven. Mm-hmm. I didn't care, and I think that's a failure. Be and.
1: I think you get so bogged down and trying like to me, or at least I did, I got so bogged down and trying to figure out what the fuck he was trying to say with all of the different things that he was doing that I couldn't focus on the actual character. Yeah, it was hard for me to pin down what the character or how I felt about the character or what he was at the end of the day, because there were so many different things coming at you, that it was just overwhelming to the point of being like, what the hell is he trying to say here? Like, what's going on with this?
0: Yeah. So and then he goes to hell because when I remember I saw this and when he jumps down that hole in that in the house or in his like in his in his um in his yeah, in his house, his house of corpses, I was like, okay, this is the moment that Jack dies. Like everything up to that point happened and he got shot by the police. But it's weird. This whole this whole film like the very end like when uh he opened the door I was getting a lot of, like, Nicholas Winding Refn from this. And and I really like w- Winding Refn's style. And, and most notably, like, Only God Forgives. That's what I was thinking a lot during, like, the moment when he opens that red door that he yeah, can't open the whole film yeah. to jumping down the hole and then through the end. I got a lot of Winding Refn. And just, like, this, like, very surrealist work. And I wouldn't be surprised if they, like, not even collaborated, but if they had, like, a conversation. I don't know if that's a thing, but I just got a lot of that. And I'm sure, and I don't know who, because I know Wending Reffin, like, he likes to borrow a lot of imagery from, he said it, in, I think he said it in an interview, like, if you're not, like, he's like, I just copy everything from people. He doesn't steal, but.
1: I mean, it's been said long ago that everything's been done. Everything yeah. Everything is just a version of everything. I mean, it, it's just how you. But I I, I repurposed was, yeah, ideas.
0: yeah, repurposed. But the like, the whole point was like, I was getting a lot of like Winding reffing from this and just like this like really surrealist work. And I like, and I like that. And that's, I think I, I, and I love David Lynch as well. So, and I like that abstract, like you have to really think about this. So, I don't know. I mean, I, that's kind of all, I mean, I, I guess we've been having a lot of negatives to say. I guess the only positive I really, well, there's a few positives of the film and that I mean, the best thing I could say about Von Trier. I mean, the direction's great, the camera work is great, but that's expected from an auteur like him. It's just that there are sh- strokes of brilliance, but they're so few and f- like far in between. Mm-hmm. The acting, at least by Matt Dillon, is superb. I mean, everyone does a great job, but I mean, ha- hats off to Matt Dillon because
1: oh, and, he played the shit out of that role. Yeah, he,
0: and. He, and he did He did an excellent job. And, I mean, that doesn't mean I like the character of Jack, but I like Matt Dillon as Jack. Yeah. And I think given in the hands of... I think Von Trier can get the performance that he wanted, and I think in the hands of, like, another actor, I don't know if it would have been played off very well, because I think, I think Dillon really did an excellent job in this. So those are, like, really the only positives I have about the film. Mm-hmm. And... So those are my closing thoughts about it. It was very overall just a disjointed kind of mess of a film that had some shining moments, but it was just like, all right, I, all right, let's move on. I'm rolling my eyes. I'm checking my watch. I almost I almost consider like, I, I'm like, if, it would be okay if I walked out of the movie. I don't think I'd be missing much. And I've never walked out of a movie, but I felt like this would have been okay to walk out of. Well,
1: at the end of the day, you wouldn't have come out with any different...
0: Um like I don't think I would have missed anything.
1: No, I don't think I would have come out. I I don't think I would have come out with any different um decisions or not decisions thoughts about the movie if I would have missed the last 25 minutes of it. I yeah. don't think I would have had any different feelings about it. I think um I don't know, for me the like you said there were there were like flecks of brilliance throughout. Like there were pieces that were there. I just think at the end of the day I'm always going to think of this as like the it felt like a humanities one hundred and one course. Like it was just hmm. every time you felt like you were getting into something good, it was just like, all right, we're moving on to the next. Yeah, topic. it's
0: like it's like yeah. Go to like if you want to go deeper, go into the next. Like mm-hmm. sign up for the next course exactly. And I don't think Von Trier is interested in telling those. No. If he was, I think he would push for a miniseries. And, and that's a, what he should that's do. What should that's what been. he should do.
1: That's what it should have been. I, I really do feel that way. Like I feel like this would have been good. It would have been good. It,
0: yeah, it had the potential to be great, and it, it's it, and it just fell flat.
1: Because when you're gonna do something episodic like that, you can have that sort of loose overarching storyline, but really get into the meat of what you're trying to talk about in it in every uh, episode. But like in a in a com in a film that's just gonna run. What feels like three out three and a half four hours, but it was actually like two and a half hours
0: and and, and as a, an a, a man as complex as von Trier, two and a half hours is not long enough to... and but I'm not saying make it three hours or five I mean make it f- five hours, or but chocolate. through a mini series mm-hmm. where you don't have to sit there for one continuous sitting well because I get think it. if
1: I would have been able to sit through the first part of it if you did that in a more of a long form way and you, I'm able to sit through that and then come out of that. And we are able to have this conversation every time and take a minute and be like, okay, well, this is like, like really get into the bits of it that like need to be talked about or that you might not have noticed when you're trying to just figure out this whole complex, basically not disjointed story. It, it would have worked. I, I just, I don't know. I think it was a, it was a misfire. And I think if, there were anything that I would say would be that just yeah. put it, put it as a chalk it up to something that should have been a, a series that never. Made yeah, to a
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I guess that's our closing thoughts and we can get into our uh, recommendations. So typically will how we do this is that we just do it out of 10. I think that's a little bit, uh, it's like um like the grading scale for like a test. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give the house of Jack built a, a five out of 10, maybe even a 4.5 out of 10. Like we said, there's just so disjointed, and it's just having like when I asked when we ask people what is this movie about, we have difficulty answering that question, and I think it's because of that. You know, it could have been a lot better, and it's just not what it was hyped to be on. Even on like a violence level, I d- I thought it was tame for what I thought it was gonna be, mm-hmm. and the story just wasn't there. So I, d- having difficulty finding any like positives of the film. So I'm gonna say a four point five out of ten. So that's Mike. So, Will, we'll, what would you recommend this film?
1: Yeah, I was actually basically right there with you. I was going to say four, four or and a half, probably about a four and a half. I I don't know. I just well I'm, I, I had trouble with the just really bland, terrible dialogue. <laughs> I, it just, like – not that – like you said, like not that the actors didn't deliver it well and Madeline did a good job with the role. I just – the the dialogue as a whole – I understand what he's trying to put forward as far as like, this is from the mind of someone who doesn't care about that part of it. He only cares about the act. It just, there wasn't even enough to give me that where I could be like, okay, we can get through this. It's just the dialogue just wasn't enough to carry the story. And I don't know. There just wasn't enough there for me with it.
0: I think the only type of person I can, recommend this film to is if you're a von trier completionist like if and you I would
1: like to hear and i really would because like we've said I, I don't think we're there enough with his work to say that we're have the full body to know what we feel about it but i would like to hear the opinion of someone who has seen all of his work and really like understands it and understands on. him yeah because i mean you get those little pieces of stuff and you'd be able to relate it back to the other work that he's done
0: yeah so all right guys that uh, concludes this episode of amateur tours with our special guest will and uh yeah dude i really thanks Well, one thanks for agreeing to one see the movie with me and then come on the show and talk it is midnight the <laughs> the night of uh we saw the movie you of work i got stuff i gotta do but i'm glad that we could sit here and talk for over an hour about this film and definitely want to have you back on where we just either do specific films or general discussions about movies. Maybe drink a little bit yeah, and let's just get, get a flow of consciousness going.
1: Let's, let's chop it up and do some movies that uh, we liked.
0: Yeah, for real. <laughs> Maybe
1: that'll be a change.
0: Yeah. But, you know, guys, until next time, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur Tour. Alt-
0: cover design was created by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at our own site and Instagram, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme, Dreams, was created by Joachim Carid, which was found using a creative Commons search. As a small plug, go check out both Joachim's and Sarah's work. They really deserve it. All content discussed and shown is the property of their respective owners and is used under the Fair Use Act Section 504 C2 Title 17. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We are working hard to bring you all new content and episodes. So thank you again, and we'll see you next time.